0: How can we reach the people who are still like living on their cars? How can we still reach the people who are homeless? Like, so I was just kept thinking about this type of stuff. And that's how I got to like the four layered psychology as you so gratefully coined it. Right. But it just kept building. I just couldn't let go of some of the stuff of that I'd already learned. And I just kept building on top of it.
1: Hey, so- Bree. I'm doing well. I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm
0: good. Feeling good. Feeling
1: great. Hey. Welcome to the playroom. Thank you. I'm excited. You're welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you here today.
0: I'm happy to be
1: here. I'm stoked. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I know know people are wondering, okay, who is this? You know, because we're... (laughs) Oh, man, I would love people to know who you are, what you do, and, you know, take the floor.
0: All right, cool. Well, um, my name is Bree, but most people call me Dr. G. And um, I work, actually, in the last black neighborhood of San Francisco. And I get to do some really fun projects, like work with people, like the Confess Project, who is teaching uh, barbers to have difficult conversations so that we can have more conversations with black and brown bodies about mental health and breaking down the stigma. Mm. I also get to do fun things in helping families and communities work through toxic stress and trauma and adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. So I have a fun job, that's all I can really say. I have a very fun job and I'm very blessed to be able to use my psychology, my love for tech and user experience and product design and put it all together and do something that's impactful and meaningful and that is me.
1: That's amazing. It's such a pleasure to connect with you because this is like psychology on like four layers, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I would love to even know like, cause you sound passionate about the business, about the practice, about the industry and about the people most definitely. So like, why are you so passionate about the psychology design and or trauma? Like what's that trigger effect that actually keeps coming back for you
0: yeah uh so you know psychology was something i was always really interested in and it started uh by being interested in child development because i was just shocked that like all of the things that you are as an adult come from when you were like before the age of five like Okay, how does that happen, and how can I make sure that I don't do the same thing to my kids was, like, the first thing I was thinking. Yeah. And and then I just started to, like, continue down the road of psychology, and I started to do therapy with uh, cancer patients and their caregivers, and they started having all these fears around, like, getting a second opinion from a different doctor or, or like, leaving their doctor. They thought that they wouldn't get the best of care. And so I was like, okay, there needs to be a tender for breaking up or selecting your doctor for cancer patients. Like, wow. you need to just be able to go on there and decide who you want to be with and swipe and do all of the things, right? right. Well, the app, like, never came to fruition because I quite frankly, just didn't enter into a creative contract with it. But it did bring me to work with this startup company that was uh, training chat bots to deliver mental health through text messages. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And so I started with that. And then I was looking at the conversations that people were having on the back end. And I was amazed by how many people were just like going off. To this chatbot about their life. And I mean like, you know, just going on and on and on. And I started thinking, wow, what is behind the user? Like, why, how are they able to do this? Like, what's really going on behind an app? So I decided to go a little bit deeper into user research. That brought me to Google. And I started doing user research for their hardware team. And I was making nobody's life amazing. I was like commuting <laughs> and I was like, who cares about keyboards and how loud the mouse is when it clicks and all this other stuff? Wow. So I left for a nonprofit. And let me tell you, people looked at me like I broke up with a the quarterback. They're like, how are you going to leave Google for a nonprofit? It didn't matter. It was worth every pay cut that I could have imagined. It was worth it. So I ended up at this nonprofit that I'm at now, Center for Youth Wellness. And they were all about ACEs. And I was like, ACEs? What is this ACEs? So I took the quiz myself, and I was like, oh, I have a high ACE score myself. I had known, you know, you know your own childhood, right? You know the things you went through. And yeah. and sometimes you think about it, and sometimes you don't. But what I didn't think about was I had, was going through some health stuff. And I was like, oh, so this, is, well, this makes sense because ACEs has a lot of outcomes with your health negative outcomes for your health so I was like obese I was you know stressed and I kind of I you know I sort of chalked it up to like my lifestyle but I hadn't really thought too too much about like what I'd gone through as a child and so I was like okay now this really starts to make sense but I couldn't quite leave this whole love for tech behind you know I was like I'm still feeling this app. I'm still feeling like I need to do something with tech. And so I kept that alive and I kept thinking like there's got to be other ways. And so within CYW, I was able to partner with, you know, places like Blue Shield and work on a cool app that they're doing and partner with other people that are doing cool things and just be really innovative and start to think about like where are the places that we can reach people who, especially like me in a brown body, that are kind of like, mm, I trust you, but I don't trust you, you know? Right. So, like, how can we get them to start opening up in a different way? And we're always on our phones, so let's be honest. Like, how can we do something that's mobile, but also, how can we reach the people who are still, like, living on their cars? how can we still reach the people who are homeless? Like, so I was just kept thinking about this type of stuff. And that's how I got to like the four layered psychology as you so gratefully coined it. Right. But it just kept building. I just couldn't let go of some of the stuff of, that I'd already learned. And I just kept building on top of it.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like building something has an emotional strain or resilience And that could play a a lot when you're actually making decisions. And in this tech world, what emotions do you say someone could have or maybe you experienced it when
0: developing an app? Mm, That's a great question. You know, I think there's always, at least for the product and service designers, you just want to make an app that brings people delight. And sometimes you get lost in how people are coming to that app right like you take a news app for example like people are getting on the news and you just want them to be able to find the news that they want to read and you want to make sure that they can get to it fast well what if that person is coming from a traumatized state And so now they're entering into the app and, you know, another lived experience I had. I didn't want to see anything about COVID anymore in the app because Mm. I had just lost my grandfather. And I was like, if I can get on my news app and pick what brings me joy and what I want to avoid every time I get on there, that would be great. Otherwise, I have to go to my preferences and I have to deselect this and deselect that. And it wasn't working. So I just avoided the news altogether. So I think when people are, in, are going into these apps, they're so focused on what they want the end to be and feel like that they forget that there's an actual human being that is going to be using this app. There's an actual human being that just had an experience, whether it's positive or negative, before they use your app. And they're going to have experience why they use it. And then they're going to have an experience after So I think that people forget the whole like continuum of emotions. So people are really focused on delight and joy. And I think we need to change that a little bit.
1: That's a very interesting point you brought up. Now that you have mentioned that people go into an app feeling some type of way. And when they're in there, the way they express themselves is as a result of what they've been feeling before they got on. So that disconnect between understanding why you're on the app and you just doing it as a second nature um, practice, how does someone stay connected to their why? Yeah, th-
0: the key is, honestly, you have to stay connected to your users. And that's not just by getting feedback at the end, like, oh, were you satisfied or do you like this? That is having them in your brainstorming conversations at the very beginning when you're just sketching stuff out on a napkin. Run it by your user, a real user, not a group of users, but get people in. Ask them, what do you think of this? Is it, Would this be helpful? Does this feel supportive? They'll tell you, no, yes, that's good. No, that's not good. And then you do it again and then you do it again and again and again and then once you get it right you go back to the user and you say thank you i acknowledge what that was like i acknowledge the time you spent i appreciate what you gave us thank you for being a user how many companies do that i mean like how many times have you been asked Alright, come and come and check this out. We're thinking about doing this. What do you think? Right? You don't we don't get that touch point as, as a user of things. So right. the key is to stay connected to people. To stay connected to the people you want to help.
1: That's deep. It it now makes it more intentional about why you're passionate about what you do and it makes it more realistic when somebody feels your experience when they're talking or listening to you.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. Yep
1: yeah definitely i see that and if we're talking about messaging right now and you had the opportunity to reach as many people in the world as possible right now who would you want your audience to be
0: you know my first thing is like product and service designers but that's because they hold the responsibility to make this different. but My audience is for anybody who's gone through some level of trauma, whether it was high level of trauma, low level of trauma, or if you're going through it right now, that it's never too late. So early is better, but it's never too late. You can heal those ruptures. You can repair some of the the damage that has been done if you were the one that did the trauma, right? And to understand that you can voice your opinion to the things that you're using and you're interacting with, right? So if you use your news app all the time, find a way to voice your feedback. And even if you don't get heard, just the exercise of getting out, like, hey, I wish you would have thought of this because I was feeling some kind of way when I came in, and it did not help, right? Right. And voice your opinion to your doctors or or whoever you might see. You said this to me, and it didn't feel right. I saw this brochure, and I didn't like it, right? So, so feel empowered to have your emotions be heard and use it as a therapy, not as a means to an end, because sometimes they don't care and you can voice your opinion and it will never get any sort of like solution or resolution but if you use it as a tool to be empowered that you deserve healing then that is good enough and that's what I would say to the world just feel empowered to express your emotions and your feelings towards something enough to like use it as some therapeutic way
1: Exactly. And I think that's when you start to become more hopeful in the results, because now you're actually putting your time in. And if somebody's getting results and you can see them, then you're both benefiting at this point, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely see that. And this also plays into something about restorative design. Uh, now, I want to ask, what is that? And just for people to know, and why is it so important to you in your practice?
0: Yeah, so the idea is that you design things knowing that there were ruptures made or knowing that there's healing that needs to be done. And so you design things with that in mind. You don't come into the design process thinking everything's great and we're going to make it better. You come in thinking things are broken. How can we just fix it? Mm. and by fixing it you then make it better but if we come in like we're in like you know even even playing zone we're not doing anybody a favor but if we come in knowing that mm, we got a little work to make up for we got a little thing some things to do then you start to think about how the system was broken or how Um, you know, this this product wasn't right and it wasn't helpful. And you just start to think about how people might be feeling. And so restorative is the idea that you're coming in having to fix something instead of having to make it better. Mm. So it's important to me because in trauma-informed design, I'm always thinking about, you know, somebody might be using this app and they come and they say, we have low user engagement. And then you look at the app and you realize, wow, you're making a great app, but you didn't think about the fact that this is for parents and they're in a hurry. How are they going to read through all this text? Right? Or you didn't think about how this is for kids and you didn't make it so that you can earn points to create an avatar and do all these other things. You didn't think about that. Exactly. You have to be restorative in that that thinking so that you come in thinking, one, you're not the expert, two, the user is the expert, and three, you're here to help. You're not here to make it better. You're here to help.
1: Oof, that's deep. Because now now you don't don't think about your product as the one-way strategy. You think about it as the blueprint to somebody's success story.
0: That's beautiful. Now we're both saying deep things. That's beautiful. Yes, it's a blueprint. That's exactly right.
1: Exactly. And I I know that sometimes when people think about this, they they don't think about exactly how they want to react when it happens. More so, they just put themselves in a space where they're like, okay, if this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it like this, then I'll do it. And then some way, some form or fashion, they stop because they got distracted. And now they have to retract their steps But they forget that the importance of actually doing it consistently Is what's going to get them the reward they're looking for
0: Uh Yep, consistency is key Over and over again And you don't have to reinvent the wheel You don't have to come up with something new and sparkly If you show up And this, this can be taken in a product way or a service way But if you show up Each time, the same way, it becomes predictive. And when you have something that's predictable, you can put everything in it, right? And so people start to put their trust in it that this was made with me in mind. And that's really huge right now because for, you know, for a lot of people, having trust is like the number one thing that they don't have, that people are lacking. So consistency is absolutely key.
1: Yeah, I agree. And when you think about trust and not being on video or not being on screen, the same people who are famous are because they're on screen, they're on video, they're being publicized, their characters are being seen, so people resonate. But if you don't want to be seen, then that just means you don't want to be impactful. But that doesn't mean that you're not impactful if you're not on audio. But it's like, you really have to have a personal brand that somebody is actually personable to your liking instead of you being forceful on what everybody else is doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the important part about that is you don't need to cast a a wide net. You need to cast a deep net. So you don't need to go out there trying to catch, you know, every single possible user. No, if you're making something that's for parents, go deep go deep with those parents understand every level of parenting every type of parenting every makeup of every type of family if you're doing something that's about race you don't need to capture all the races capture a particular race that speaks to you and go deeper on that race right so so don't cast this wide net cast a deep net that's the important part
1: exactly i like that wow now, <clears throat> I'm going to ask this question. It's going to sound really funny, but because I see it, I think I'm going to ask about it. And and I want to know why. <laughs> so, burritos or tacos?
0: Mm. You know, I used to be burrito all the time. But I've changed. I've evolved because tacos, I like a lot more. You can see on the inside, you can tell what you're gonna get into. And with the burrito, you never know, like, if the first bite's just going to be all cheese or all, you know, you just, you don't know. (laughs) So, so I have to say, I appreciate the transparency of tacos. I'm going with tacos.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Maybe it's because it's Tuesday Taco Tuesdays or a Cinco de Mayo vibe. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I appreciate it. I like, I like it.
1: (laughs) Was definitely yeah. De- this is this is what we we all like to you know have. Sometimes we take it too seriously and we're like, people actually have a life. People actually want to enjoy themselves. They don't want to be like face mode, serious mode all day. It you, it kind of ruins your day because now you you no longer look forward to something. You're just repeating the same thing all over again. So that taco to you is rewarding when you know that it's Tuesday and you want to get it compared to like. When you're always having something that you know you're gonna get it, and you don't really feel the excitement when you're having it in the first place. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's exactly right. Yep, the excitement of Taco Tuesday never fails. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of food, even going into like career and how people are using this as health practices, and you know what they're able to do with their bodies, and and then build a career from. For you. Based on the fact that psychology is like huge and toxic stress, resilience, childhood experiences, making sure that these things are very knowledgeable to people who are aware of these things and build a mindset that has a framework of design thinking. For you, what is your dream job in terms of how you see people's lives being affected by what you actually teach them?
0: Uh Uh-huh. You know, I have to say my dream job, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now because I get to help other people who wouldn't necessarily see something as impactful I get to help them see the impact right so I mentioned it earlier but working with the Confess Project is what it's called and they train barbers to have difficult conversations I might have that that say that to somebody else and they'll be like why does that matter that's that's cool but why does it matter it matters because black and brown bodies don't go into therapy And so we need to think about how therapy will show up in the places that they do go. A barbershop, for a lot of them, is a place that you can go where you can be yourself. You can talk about politics, relationships, food, all of those things, and be yourself. Why not have difficult conversations there? Why not teach the barbers to do reflective listening, active listening, reframing? All of those things that you can do in a therapy room, why not? So I get to do that in the job that I do now. And the same thing of what I you know, what Dr. G's lab is all about, teaching product and designers to be therapeutic and to be trauma informed, you know, they might be thinking, Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to make a good product and make sure that it has thousands and thousands of users. That's all that matters. Well, it matters because those thousands and thousands of users are gonna end up being a hundred users if you don't start thinking about what it is that they're really experiencing. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to 100 users, you're going to have to turn around and spit out another product that has a 1,000 users. Why do that? You're going to be on a rat wheel the whole, your whole life, right? So, so why not think about that kind of stuff? So I think my dream job will always be when I get to sit in a place that I get to teach people who are like, why does that even matter? And I get to be the one that says,
1: "Alright, sit down. I'm gonna tell you why." <laughs> <laughs> I like That's that. A dream job. <laughs> I like that. It's definitely very active. It's very proactive and it's very um dynamic because now you're actually dealing with people from different places and the stories is what makes actually the worthwhile of the conversation stay relevant. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, wow. You've really definitely given us some insight to think about especially when you think about psychology and design and how we interact with apps because that's what we do in 2021. (laughs) So, Uh you know, so I would definitely want people to know how they can reach out to you, where they can connect with you and you know what the next steps they can take from your guidance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, My name's B-R-E and then my last name Gentilly G-E-N-T-I-L-E. And then you can just find all the work that I've done and get in touch with me on my website, which is just drgslab.com. So D-R-G-S-L-A-B dot com. And you can find me there. I'll be there for a long time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. G. I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been fun. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Take care. Take care.